Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. There is a ton to talk about today on this Monday morning. We had the championship games yesterday. We got to talk about some of those decisions made by Dan Campbell. We got to talk about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes again going to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot to talk about with this Philadelphia Eagles football team. Decisions made at offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Going to talk to you guys about how I feel about both of those decisions. With Kellen Moore as the next OC. We knew Vic Fangio, but now that was confirmed as well. But I'll give you the reasons that I like the Kellen Moore move, but there's one thing that has me concerned about Kellen Moore. So we'll get into all of that. And then we'll do a little Flyers, a little Sixers. Unfortunately, nothing great to talk about with those two teams. Outside of the Philadelphia Flyers alumni game, I saw Wine Niners Wine in the house talking about that. That was cool to see Mark Recchi back in the house getting inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. But this is the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo. It's good to see some of my Power Hour crew already checking in the chat. We're live on Jacob Sports on YouTube. We are live on TikTok as well. Let's get a little roll call from the Power Hour crew. I got Wine Niners Wine, Mike Fittery, William Stark, Flexen and Steppen, Invincible, Bry Guy, David Laprati, Ringo Island. Oh boy, Ringo Island, not a fan of the Kellen Moore hire. We'll get to it. I'm going to make you feel better about it. Ezra Stacy, Robert Myers, Matt Beach, Hollywood Hogan. Oh, boy, here comes Hollywood Hogan. The 49ers trolls coming out of the woodwork because Dan Campbell blows that game so that you guys don't choke again in the NFC Championship. But we'll talk about it. Elliot Jesser, Bobby Murphy, Spa City Chop. Good to see a lot of the Power Hour crew. If I missed you, appreciate it that you are here. But we got to jump into it because there's a lot to talk about. And I'm not sure an hour on the Power Hour is going to be enough for everything we need to talk about today. But let's talk about first the big news over the weekend. Kellen Moore being named the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I have to be honest, I'm not understanding some of the hate here. I think this is a great hire for the Eagles. There's one concern that I have. And we talked about it last week on the show. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, we're everywhere. Make sure you're following. But if you follow me, what I wanted in an offensive coordinator was somebody that wasn't going to come in here, have one successful season, and then leave for a head coaching job next year. And unfortunately, 
I think that's what's going to happen with Kellen Moore. If Kellen Moore comes into Philadelphia and this Eagles offense is humming on all cylinders and Jalen Hurts gets back to the MVP caliber he was in 2022, you're going to see Kellen Moore as a head coach somewhere else in 2025. And then Jalen would be on his eighth offensive coordinator in the last nine years. But maybe we're okay with that. Maybe everyone in Philadelphia should just say, hey, you know what? If Kellen Moore comes in here and we have a really successful season, I don't care about 2025. I just want to focus on 2024. Because really, for me, when I look at this hire, and we're going to talk about the reasons why, but when I look at the hire of Kellen Moore, I like everything about it, with the exception that he may be gone in 2025. That's it. There's a lot to like about it. Let's take a look. So first of all, the guy's only 35 years old, but even though he's 35, he's been an offensive coordinator in this league for five seasons. He has called plays in the NFL for five seasons. And he did it with a lot of success. So I'm not understanding where some of the hate is coming from about a guy like Kellen Moore. Look at some of the offenses that he called plays for in the past. And then I'm going to get into the real nitty-gritty of the details about what I like about this because there's a lot of things that he does well that I think is going to make a lot of Eagles fans happy. And we're going to get there, but let's just look at the overall numbers first. And then I'm going to get into the real minutia. The real detail for you. So let's just look at the overall numbers. Let's go back to 2021. He called plays for the Dallas Cowboys, who had the number one offense in the entire NFL. He was the one calling the plays for the number one offense in the entire league. I don't think you can just dismiss that. They were number one in terms of yards. They were number one in terms of points. Number three passing. Number six red zone. And here's a big one. Top 10 in rushing offense. There's a lot of misconceptions out there that this guy doesn't like to run the football. That's not accurate. I know last season with the Chargers, they didn't run the football a lot. But the Chargers stunk last year. Would they finish 5-12? and 12? Their head coach, Brandon Staley, gets fired. Justin Herbert gets put on IR towards the end of the season. So I don't think it's fair to look at Kellen Moore and just say what he did last season. You have to go back to what he did in Dallas as well. And in 2021, not only the number one offense in the NFL, a top 10 rushing offense. And like I said, we're going to get into the minutia in a second about why we should be happy about this, but let's just look at the overall numbers. So 2021, number one offense, top 10 rushing offense. 2022, top 10 offense in the league again. Top 10 rushing offense again. And then you go to last year. Things weren't great in LA. But they still had Top 12 red zone. Top five yards after catch. And that's when when I talk about the minutia, this is what I want to get into. 
because you look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense, okay, and you look at things that they did well in 2022 and what fell off in 2023. And one of the major problems that they had was the blitz. The end of the season in 2023, they had zero answers for the blitz. You saw it against the Giants in Week 18. You saw it against the Bucks in the wild card round. When you look at Kellen Moore in 2022 with the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys were the number one team in the entire NFL in terms of success rate against the Blitz. That's big. That's big for a team that struggled against the Blitz. But let's go even deeper for a second. In 2022, the Philadelphia Eagles were top 10 in the NFL in yards after catch. They were top five in average yards after catch. Last year, this 2023 Philadelphia Eagles offense, they went from being a top five average yards after catch to 25th in the NFL. That's scheme. That's play design. That's an inability to get the ball in your playmaker's hands in space so they could take advantage of the yards after catch. And to be 25th in the NFL last year is criminal when you have playmakers like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift. When you have guys like that on your offense and you're 25th in the NFL in average yards after catch, there's a problem. There's a problem with the play design. You know what Kellen Moore and his offense was last year for average yards after catch? Top five in the NFL. As bad as the Los Angeles Chargers were. As bad as that offense was. Top five in the NFL in yards after catch. The 2021 Dallas Cowboys, who had the number one offense. Top 10 in yards after catch. That is play design. You can't ignore that this guy, Kellen Moore, I know he looks like a kid, but he's 35 years old now. will be 36 when the season starts. He can design plays to take advantage of his playmakers to get them the ball in space. He did it last year in L.A. He did it in Dallas, and that was a huge difference between the 2022 offense under Shane Steichen and the 2023 offense under Brian Johnson. They went from top five in Yak to 25 in Yak. Play design. And you looked at some of these teams who played yesterday, and we're going to talk about those championship games in a second. Do you know who leads the league? in average yards after catch, the San Francisco 49ers. And guess who's number two in average yards after catch this season? The Kansas City Chiefs. Coincidence that both of those teams are going to the Super Bowl. This league is about designing plays that get your playmakers the ball in space so that they can use their ability 
to pick up yards after catch. Nobody does it better than the 49ers. The Kansas City Chiefs, second. And both of those teams are playing in Super Bowl 58. And the Baltimore Ravens, who really disappointed us yesterday, top five in the NFL in yak. They were tied with the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm okay with this hire for that simple fact alone that Kellen Moore is going to be able to design plays and call plays to take advantage of our playmakers because there are a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the football. Something else that he does really well that should get fans happy. The Philadelphia Eagles were the 32nd ranked team when it came to pre-snap motion. Something we complained about a lot this season. The formation the Eagles would come out in was the formation they would snap the ball in, making things very easy for defenses. Very easy for the defense to figure out who they have to play, who they have to guard, where the blitz should come from. 32 out of 32 when it came to pre-snap motion. Kellen Moore, top eight. So there's a lot to like about this move. I know everybody wants to be negative. I know people are calling me Billy Spadaro again in the chat. All we want to do is be negative, negative, negative. There's a lot to like about this move. This is a guy who has experience calling plays for five seasons, who's called plays and designed plays for a number one offense in the NFL, who creates plays to take advantage of his playmakers to get yards after catch. That's good against the Blitz, number one success rate against the Blitz in 2022. Who does use pre-snap motion. One of the negatives, oh, he doesn't run the football. Top 10 rushing offense in 2022 and 2021. I'm not understanding the hate. Tell me in the chat with facts. Not, oh, I hate it. Oh, Kellen Moore's a bum. Tell me why, with facts, you think this is a bad hire. Tell me what it is about Kellen Moore. And don't say, oh, well, he was a Cowboys. Oh, it never works with the Cowboys. Tell me with facts, with real data, why this was a bad hire. To bring in a guy who's called plays in this league. To bring in a guy who's had success in this league. And I'm going to go even more detail for you while you're thinking of the reasons. RPO. We talk about the RPO with this Philadelphia Eagles offense. 2021, Philadelphia Eagles averaged 7.6 yards per RPO play. Phenomenal. 2022, they averaged 7.8 yards per RPO play. Even better. They were unstoppable. This past season, that number dropped to 4.8. Three-yard difference. That is massive. Well, Kellen Moore, with the 2022 Dallas Cowboys, they averaged over seven yards per RPO play. You look at his time with L.A. last year. They ran the third most RPOs with the Chargers. Even go back to 2021, they were averaging well over five yards per RPO play. 
So now I'm giving you the facts, guys. This is a play caller, number one offense. This is a play caller who's had success with the RPO. This is a play caller who can design plays to get his playmakers the ball in space. I'm going to give you another one. Red zone efficiency. 2021, top six in red zone. 2022 with the Cowboys, they had the best red zone offense in the entire NFL. They converted 71% of the time in the red zone. You have to be a creative play caller. You have to be creative with your schemes and your play designs when you get into the red zone. We saw it this year. We saw how frustrating it was at times with Brian Johnson when they got inside the 20. In 2022, Kellen Moore's offense converted over 71%. Even last year with the L.A. Chargers, they didn't do a lot of things well. They still finished over 57% in the red zone. So I'm still wondering, though, what is it that you guys don't want? Let me go to the chat. What is it that we hate? Other than just wanting to be negative for some reason. Everybody wants to be negative. What is it that you don't like about this hire? I told you my only concern is that Kellen Moore's not here in 2025 because he's going to do a good job with this offense. So let's just see what it is that you guys don't like. I'm scrolling through the chat, so give me a second here. And guys... If you're on TikTok, I'm looking at the uh, YouTube chat for a second. I'll get to you guys in a second. <laughs> cool Ranch, he likes too many onions on his sandwich. Can't trust a person for that. But real, I'm looking to see what it is that you guys don't like about him. All right, a Mike McCarthy interview, great. Yeah, Mike McCarthy got rid of him, so let's take his word for it. Let's take Mike McCarthy's word for it, because they're doing such a great job losing in the wild card round. Mike Fittery, Kellen Moore likes to throw a lot. Let's hope our wide receivers are just able to get separation with Moore. That's true. He does throw a lot. But I just told you, in his last two seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, top 10 rushing offenses both seasons. So I think it's a little bit of a misconception. Last year in L.A., they didn't run the ball a lot. But I think there were a lot of other factors at play there. They weren't very good but he did have top 10 rushing offenses his last two seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. What else we got? I'm not seeing anything in the chat. Wine Niners wine. McCarthy did better calling offense than Moore with less talent. Moore is worse than Brian. Not Sorry, not sorry. What are you basing that on? You guys aren't basing this on any facts. You're not basing this on any data. And wine, you know I love you, brother. But what are you basing this on? Other than just wanting to be negative, what are you guys basing your hate on? I'm giving you stats. I'm giving you his history as an offensive coordinator. What is there not to like? This season, Brian Johnson had never called plays in the NFL before. And you saw it right in front of your eyes what that looked like. You saw, at times, they really lacked rhythm. They really lacked creativity. Kellen Moore has done this now for five years with a lot of success. What is it that you don't like? All I keep hearing is negativity for no reason, no basis. 
no matter who this team hired as offensive coordinator, there would have been negativity. You can't convince me otherwise. Let me see what else you got. Ziggy Buffalo supports me. These people have no facts at all. It's insane. What else we got here? I'm not seeing anything. You guys aren't giving me anything in this chat. This chat has nothing in here that makes me understand the hate on Kellen Moore. What else we got? Still nothing. I'm looking through all these comments. There is absolutely zero facts to support the hate for Kellen Moore. Let me see. Maybe TikTok's going to surprise me with something. All right, so one person on TikTok saying, well, he left Dallas, they got better, he went to the Chargers, and they went backwards. Not necessarily untrue. Not necessarily untrue. I think the L.A. Chargers were a complete dumpster fire under Brandon Staley. There's a reason he got fired. Rocker Painting saying he's not creative, he calls the same place. I don't see how you could say a guy is not creative whose offenses are consistently in the top 10 for yards after catch, who consistently has his teams converting in the red zone. We know how difficult it is. When you get into the red zone and the field shrinks because now you get that 12th defender, the back of the end zone, the field shrinks, you have to be creative as a play caller, and as a play designer. And Kellen Moore's offenses are consistently in the top of the league in red zone. I'm just not understanding the hate, guys. None of us were happy with the way the season ended. But that doesn't mean that every single decision this team makes, we need to be overly negative about it. I wanted Frank Reich as my offensive coordinator. But the reason I wanted Frank Reich was because I knew he wouldn't leave after one year of success. That was pretty much my main reason for wanting the veteran presence. But Kellen Moore probably will leave if he has success, but also has that veteran presence when it comes to calling plays. It wasn't going to be easy to get a play caller in here. Because the Eagles couldn't go out and hire an offensive coordinator from another team. That team could have blocked a lateral move. So what they could have done was maybe poach a Gerard Johnson from the Houston Texans, who's the quarterback's coach, never called plays. Would you have felt better about that? Again, turning this offense over to somebody who's never called plays in this league before? I just don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. And I know a lot of people, I see Wine Niners Wine wants to talk about the L.A. Chargers offense this year. Sure, I said it. Not great. Not great. 18th overall in yards. They did have a number 13 passing offense. 21st in points, 25th in rushing. Still top 12 in red zone. Still top five in yards after catch, top 10 in pre-snap motion, top three in RPO plays. I'm just not getting the hate, guys. I'm just not getting the negativity 
for the sake of being negative. The other thing I really like about this guy is he was a quarterback in this league. In fact, he retired in 2017 from the Dallas Cowboys to just become a quarterback's coach in 2018. So could he be a guy that's going to help Jalen Hurts get back to the MVP caliber we saw in 2022? And I know things didn't always look great this year, but if you look at Jalen Hurts from 2022 to 2023, the numbers are kind of similar with one exception, and it's turnovers. You look at it, his completion rate, pretty similar. Passing yards, similar. Passing touchdowns, he had 22 and 22. He had 23 and 23. Rushing touchdowns, 13 and 22, 15 and 23. Numbers are all kind of similar with one glaring difference. Eight turnovers in 2022, 20 turnovers in 2023. He went from six interceptions to 15 interceptions. Two lost fumbles to five lost fumbles. So Jalen needs to do a better job. I'm not absolving Jalen Hurts. He needs to do a better job protecting the football. But I'm hopeful that a guy who's been in this league for a while in Kellen Moore, even though he's only going to be 36 at the start of the season, who's called plays in this league for a long time and who has called plays for some really good offenses. And I've seen some people make the excuse, well, Kellen Moore's not that good. Look at all the talent he had on the Dallas offense. Look at all the talent he's going to have on the Eagles offense. Look at the talent the Philadelphia Eagles had. You know, if you follow me, you follow this show, you know the problem I had with Howie Roseman in building the defensive personnel. But he certainly gave this team enough offensive personnel. So Kellen Moore, yeah, there's going to be some question marks, and we'll continue to talk about that off the whole offseason, their third wide receiver, their second tight end, who's the center, who's the guard, who's their running back. But there's going to be a lot of talent on this offensive side of the football, and we've seen what Kellen Moore can do with talent on the offensive side of the ball. What he did with Dalton Schultz. What he did with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and C.D. Lamb. So I'm not understanding the hate. Not understanding the hate at all. Listen, if you just want to be negative for the sake of being negative, just say it. Just say, hey, listen, I'm going to be negative all offseason because I'm angry at the way the season went. Fine. But if you want to look at things objectively and you want to take a step back without emotion, this isn't the fandom in me. This isn't me just bleeding green. And this isn't me just hating for the sake of hating. If you look at the facts, Kellen Moore was a really good hire for this Philadelphia Eagles football team. I feel better about this offense today with Kellen Moore calling plays than I did with Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni. But guys, this is the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Vic Fangio, which, newsflash, also happy about that move. 
I don't see how us, us as Eagles fans could take a look at the two coordinators that we are going into this season with and not feel better than we did last year with really two unknowns in Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. You now have two guys who have done this in the past with a lot of success. And I know the fan base is going to say, oh, well, Fangio's not aggressive enough. Well, I'm going to talk to you about aggression and aggressiveness. So stay tuned, guys. Hit that like button. Whether you agree with me or not, hit that like button for me. You know I love my Power Hour crew, and I appreciate all your guys' opinions. I just don't want you to be overly negative for the sake of being negative. Give me facts. But hit that like button, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo. For the first segment, we were talking about Kellen Moore, why I think this is a good hire. And I see people in the chat not happy about it. And I just don't get it. I just don't get how you could not see that this is a massive upgrade over what we had this past season. You went from a guy who had never called plays in the NFL before to now an offensive coordinator who has called plays for five seasons and has a lot of past success. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I really think you guys are just being negative for the sake of being negative. And that's fine. If that's what you want to be, you didn't like the way the season ended. You didn't like the decisions that were made keeping Nick Sirianni. You know my thoughts on that. You know why I thought it was a good move bringing back Nick Sirianni. We talked about that last week. And for me, this is by far the best decision they could have made when that season ended. When you let your emotions subside and you take a look at the last three years and you look how things went, the best move was keeping Sirianni and bringing in experienced coordinators. An offensive coordinator who could take ownership of the offense, who's going to have the autonomy to call and game plan the way he sees fit, and they got that in Kellen Moore. It's not that long ago where Kellen Moore was the hottest name in the NFL to be the next head coach, and now all of a sudden, we want to say, oh, he's a bum. Come on, guys. You got to look at things objectively. You got to look at all the facts. And by giving them Kellen Moore on offense and Vic Fangio on defense, I feel really good about the direction of this Eagles team. There's a lot of question marks. I get it. We'll talk about the personnel over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about things Howie Roseman needs to learn from the mistakes he's made. But when you look at the coordinators on both sides of the football, you have to feel better with Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio than you did with Brian Johnson and Sean Desai slash Matt Patricia. And if you deny that, then you're lying to yourselves. And let's look at the Vic Fangio hire. Because this is a guy with 33 years of experience in the NFL a defensive coordinator for 20 years in the NFL. And maybe just as important, he coached linebackers for a decade in this league. So I'm praying and hoping that Vic Fangio gets Howie Roseman and this Eagles organization to change their philosophy on ignoring the linebacker position. He goes to them and says, hey, listen, we're not going into this season. You want me to run this defense? We are not going into this season putting all of our hopes on the Kobe Dean again and just piecemealing the off-ball linebacker. I'm hopeful he goes to Howie Roseman and says, we're not putting all our hopes on Reed Blankenship at safety and piecemealing the other safety position. As excited as I am about Sidney Brown, we don't know how he's going to be next season coming back 
from an ACL tear. And on a side note, they posted a picture of him just getting his ACL surgery. I didn't understand the delay. We may need to have my buddy Dr. Radcliffe on the show to figure out why was it so delayed for him to get that surgery. Usually you see that surgery getting done in one, two days after. That was a couple of weeks. But I like the Vic Fangio move. And I just gave you all the reasons why I like the Kellen Moore move. Well, Vic Fangio checks a lot of boxes. The guy I wanted before I knew Fangio would be available was Ron Rivera. Because I wanted a guy who was a veteran. I wanted a guy who had head coaching experience. I wanted a guy who was going to come in here and instantly gain the respect of the players in that locker room on the defensive side of the football. And I wanted a guy who wasn't going to have one year of success and then leave so we'd be looking for another defensive coordinator because they got a head coaching job. And to me, that was Ron Rivera. I didn't know Vic Fangio was available. He was still with the Dolphins. Well, now Vic Fangio becomes available, and he checks almost every single box that Ron Rivera did. Was a head coach in this league. Doesn't want another head coaching gig is going to get respect from his players immediately when he walks through the door. And we can debate whether or not we like the Fangio scheme or not, but the Eagles do. The Eagles love the Fangio scheme. The Eagles love the bend but don't break style of defense, and they've had success with it. They have had success with it over the past. But if you're going to run Fangio's scheme, then why not bring in the guy who created the damn scheme? So they bring in Fangio. But here's what I really like. So I don't know if you guys heard over the weekend, and I think we talked about it on Friday on the show, an NFL agent we know all too well in this town, Drew Rosenhaus, had some things to say that not everybody, not everybody on the Miami Dolphins loved Vic Fangio. And what I thought instantly was, good. He's probably a no-nonsense type of guy. Because everything we hear that gets reported about Vic Fangio is he's a strict coach. He's a fierce disciplinarian. And then Dante Whitner was on NBC Sports Philadelphia with Barrett Brooks. And Barrett asked him about that. Well, why did Drew Rosenhaus say that all the players in Miami weren't necessarily in love? with Fangio. And Whitner's answer was great. And when we're done, you guys can Google it, YouTube it, whatever. But he basically said it's because of a lot of parties, clubs, and strip clubs. That these players don't want to work hard. And that if you listen to Vic Fangio, he's going to put you in the position to make plays, and he's going to work you. And that he is a strict disciplinarian type coach. That's what we need. When we talk about how this team looks like they checked out the last few weeks of the season, when they looked like they had zero desire to tackle. And if you guys are fans of Jacob Sports and you follow the game day shows that I do with Seth Joyner and others, you've heard Seth Joyner say that tackling is an attitude. Tackling is a want to. And this team sometimes looked like they didn't have any interest in tackling. I don't think you're going to see that under Vic Fangio. And I know people want a more aggressive style of defense. 
But aggression and blitzing are two completely different things. Would you guys consider the San Francisco 49ers to be an aggressive defense? Would you consider the Baltimore Ravens to be an aggressive defense? Would you consider the New York Jets to be an aggressive defense? Because all three of those defenses, you watch the games, you're, man, look how aggressive they are. Look how tough these defenses are. The San Francisco 49ers rank 30th in blitz rate. The Baltimore Ravens rank 25th in blitz rate. The New York Jets rank 31st in blitz rate. This is not the NFL of the 90s. You do not have to blitz in today's NFL. In fact, it doesn't work against these good quarterbacks. And you can get pressure and you can be aggressive without blitzing. Vic Fangio last year with the Miami Dolphins, 27th in the league in blitz rate, top three in sacks. You don't have to blitz in today's NFL. And I see Flexen and Steppen saying that the Baltimore defense got exposed last night. Really? You really think the reason they lost that game was because of their defense? They lost that game because of turnovers on offense, because of stupid penalties, because they were undisciplined. Three turnovers in that game by the Baltimore Ravens offense. Yeah, they weren't great in the first quarter, but that Ravens defense adjusted. They shut them down. Ravens didn't lose that game because of their defense. Ravens lost that game because of turnovers. And they lost that game because of penalties. And I see Slagger 57 saying it's about situational blitzing. Sure. I'm okay. I'm okay with situational blitzing. But for people who wanted Wink Martindale in here, because Wink Martindale is going to be so aggressive, Wink Martindale's defenses stink in today's NFL. The New York Giants blitzed the second most of any team in the entire NFL. They were 27th in the league in yards against. They were 29th in the league in sacks. 29th in the league in rushing. 26th in the league in points against. So would you guys be happy just to blitz even though your defense stinks? Even though you can't get sacks and you can't stop anybody, but at least we're blitzing. Come on, guys. You can have an aggressive defense without blitzing like crazy. And I am extremely excited with the direction of this coaching staff right now. Vic Fangio, not only a guy who's going to get the respect of his players, not only a guy who has a reputation for being strict and a fierce disciplinarian, he's going to be able to get us some better coaches in here on the position coaches. They've already talked to Joe Barry to be their linebacker coach, former defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. They talked to Mike Caldwell to be a linebacker coach, former defensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fangio is going to build a very good defensive staff. And they're going to need it. 
Because just like last year, there's going to be a ton of question marks with regard to the personnel on the defensive side of the football. And we're going to get more into that this week because there's a lot of free agents, but there's also some players entering into the final year of their deal that if they don't restructure, they may not be back next year. And I'm not talking about unknown guys. I'm talking about big-time players like Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat entering the final years of their deal. So we'll talk more about that. But I want to stick with the coaches. But I like these hires. And none of you in the chat have convinced me otherwise. Nobody here has convinced me that either one of these hires was a bad move for the Philadelphia Eagles other than just being negative for the sake of being negative. Now this really has nothing to do with anything, but maybe it's a good omen. Kellen Moore was the former offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. He now comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. The last two times the Philadelphia Eagles hired an offensive coordinator from the Chargers, they went to the Super Bowl. Frank Reich was an OC with the Chargers. Comes to the Eagles, they win Super Bowl 52. Shane Steichen was with the Chargers. He comes to the Eagles. They go to Super Bowl 57. Can we go three for three with Kellen Moore? But I, now I want to talk about these championship games yesterday. So that's my take on our Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. And listen, I said it before. I see you guys in the chat. I respect all of your opinions. I appreciate you being here. I love the engagement. This is the beautiful thing about sports and sports talk is we can disagree. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. We'll find out. So appreciate all you guys being here. Hit that like button for me. But I'm giving you support for my opinions. And if you guys follow this show, if you follow me, you know one thing about me. If I'm going to make an opinion about something, I am going to support it with evidence. To me, there's nothing worse than when people come on here or come on the radio and just make opinions for no reason at all. Just to say something crazy. Just to get that hot take. I'm going to give you support for my opinions and for my positions. Doesn't mean you need to agree with me, but I'm going to give you support for why I feel the way I do. But let's talk about these games yesterday. And I want to start with the NFC Championship. I know that was the second game, but let's start with the NFC Championship. Because Dan Campbell, and man, I like Dan Campbell. And I was rooting for the Detroit Lions. I know everybody here except for our 49ers trolls talking to you, Hollywood Hogan. He may be a Dallas fan. I can't even remember, but Hollywood Hogan's not an Eagles fan. Was rooting for the Lions. I know we all were. But that decision, there really there were a few decisions. But for me, the worst decision of them all was in the third quarter, fourth and two, San Francisco 28 up 14, and you don't take the field goal. And I'm going to tell you why. There is a big difference between aggressiveness and recklessness. 
Dan Campbell was reckless there. You were up 17 points at the half. The 49ers come out to start the third quarter. They kick a field goal, and they make it a two-score game, okay? You get the ball down to the 28. The risk-reward of going for it on fourth and two wasn't worth it. If you kick the field goal, you make it a three-score game. If you go for it like they did, even if you convert and score a touchdown, it's still a three-score game. The risk-reward wasn't worth it because if you get stopped like you did, it remains a two-score game, and all the momentum is with the San Francisco 49ers. The play there is kicking the field goal. Now, if the Lions were only up three, or they were only up 10, the risk-reward is different because if you convert and you score a touchdown, if it was a three-point game, you score a touchdown, you make it a two-score game. If you were up 10, you go for it and you score a touchdown, you make it a three-score game. But there was no difference between a field goal and a touchdown in that situation because both scores make it a three-score game and completely change the outcome of that game. That's why I had a problem with it. And I did a video earlier on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And like I said, guys, make sure you're following me on all your platforms. But I did a video earlier, and I had someone in the chat compare it to when the Philadelphia Eagles did the Philly special in Super Bowl 52 on fourth down at the goal line. Huge difference there. Because it's exactly what I'm saying here. Eagles were only up three at that point. By going for the Philly special, they made it a two-score game. They kick a field goal, it would have remained a one-score game. That was the difference. So I'm all for staying aggressive. It just wasn't worth it in that situation. What benefit do you get? Yes, okay. Now you're up three touchdowns as opposed to two touchdowns and a field goal. But for me, that risk was nowhere near worth going up three scores either way because look what happened. And then you can debate whether or not the second time he went for it on fourth down, they were down three. I actually had less of a problem with that. I would have kicked the field goal. But I had less of a problem with his aggression down three because at least if you convert on fourth and three there and you score a touchdown, you take the lead as opposed to just tying the game. Risk, reward. But the first time you went for it on fourth down, the reward wasn't big enough compared to the risk. It was still only going to be a three-score game, but when you get stopped and you keep it as a two-score game, all the momentum shifted, game over. And then there was another bad decision, obviously down near the goal line at the end of the game. You have all three timeouts. It's third down. You can't run the football in that situation because if you get stopped like they did, you're forced to use a timeout. And now if you don't get the onside kick, game's probably over. And that's what happened. But just a really disappointing game. I can't imagine 
what Detroit feels like right now. And we're talking in the chat about being negative. Could you imagine if that was Nick Sirianni? Could you imagine what this city would be like if he made those decisions? My God. And you think I'm overly positive about Nick Sirianni. I'd be killing him today. Absolutely killing him today. If he made those ridiculous decisions that Dan Campbell made. And I know people are saying, oh, well, he was just staying true to himself of being aggressive. No. That wasn't being aggressive. That was being reckless, and that was being stupid. Anyway. Then we got to talk about the AFC Championship game. We talked a little bit about it, but listen, Patrick Mahomes, what he's doing is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I always say Tom Brady is the GOAT. Mahomes isn't there yet with the Super Bowl success, but he's only 28 years old. 28 years old, he's now going to his fourth Super Bowl already. But as good as Mahomes is, and as good as Travis Kelsey is, that Kansas City Chiefs defense, they've been good all season long. We talked about it before the Chiefs and the Eagles played, which, by the way, guys, reminder, Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Still insane that that happened. But as good as Mahomes and Kelsey is, that defense has been great all year. you got to take your hat off to Steve Spagnuolo. But now the question is, who the hell do we root for? I know a lot of people are sick and tired of seeing the Chiefs win and win and win. But there's no way I'm rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. I'll tell you that right now. And I think a lot of you are going to agree with me in the chat. I am not rooting for the San Francisco 49ers at all. So I'll take the Chiefs winning again. I'll take Andy Reid winning his third Super Bowl. Not in Philadelphia. But there is a chance in hell I'm rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. And I see flexing and stepping in the chat saying, I love greatness, and I agree with you. As much as I hated Tom Brady in the beginning of his career, when they started winning and kept winning, I grew to love the guy because I started to appreciate the greatness that we were watching, and you're getting that with Patrick Mahomes right now. Absolutely insane. But guys, like I said, we, I didn't think an hour was going to be enough today. We're running out of time. But real quick, we'll switch over. Philadelphia Flyers, unfortunately, lost their fifth in a row on Saturday against the Boston Bruins. They have a much-needed nine-day break right now with the All-Star break. Let's hope they can get back in the winning column after the break. They had won five straight. Now they lost five straight. But that was cool to see the alumni game. A lot of older guys that we all grew to love back in the day were back. Different eras. For me, I grew up with the Legion of Doom era and even Mark Reckie. I know they traded Reckie to get LeClaire, but then Reckie came back, which was cool. You can go all the way back to the Crazy Eight line. Eric Lindros, Mark Reckie, and Brent Fedick. See if you guys remember the Crazy Eights. And then the 76ers, a little bit disappointing. Everybody was excited on Saturday to see Joel Embiid up against the Joker and the defending champ, Denver Nuggets. Well, whether you believe it or not, he was hurt, couldn't play. And I've talked to some people who said he was legitimately hurt. He wasn't just resting, but 
hey, when you cry wolf so many times, people don't believe you. But in that game, no Maxi, no Tobias Harris, no DeAnthony Melton, no Robert Covington, no Joel Embiid, and the team played hard. They showed you why we're excited about the depth on this team because even with all those guys out, they played hard. B-ball Paul, Paul Reed put up 30 points, 13 rebounds, career high in points. Kelly Oubre dropped 25. Pat Bev was out there balling. And they lost a close one, 111-105, but they did play hard. So we will see. And stay tuned, guys. On Thursday, we'll find out if Tyrese Maxey makes his first All-Star game. The coaches name the All-Stars. So, and like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour, this hour flew by with a little today in sports history. Well, on January 29th, 1936, the first players ever were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. January 29th, 1936 were the first players. Some of these names you're going to recognize. Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, shortstop Honus Wagner, pitcher and manager Walter Johnson, and pitcher Christy Mathewson. All voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. January 29th, 1936, first players ever. But guys, this hour always flies by. Make sure you're following me on all your social media platforms. And we're also going to be back here tonight for the weekly Legal Hands to the Face show, diving deeper into these Philadelphia Eagles decisions. And if you were here, spoiler alert, I'm happy with the decisions. Billy Spadaro is happy with the decisions. And I see you, whoever that is who changed their name in the chat, respect. Who were you before that? Hit me in the comments so I know who you were before you changed your name to Bill Spadaro. <laughs> but respect doing that on the fly, my friend. But appreciate all you guys. Hit that like button for me on the way out. Make sure you're following me. Hopefully I'll see you tonight, 6 p.m. right here on the Legal Hands to the Face show. And as always, guys, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.